Okay, before we go back to the finale of this fascinating medrash about Esav and the tie-in with the knives, so this is the second email in two days that I received about the crumbs. It seems like it's making uh, somewhat of a tumult, which is good. So this is from uh, Yitzhak Krakauer, and the other one was from Avrami Zon, two of our regular contributors, and they, he said he just heard the shear from yesterday. And his first comment, I guess, Avrami, you'll uh, thank him on the separate cover. I can easily empathize with the fellow that emailed the road yesterday. <laughs> so apparently there are a lot of kids sitting around the table. This past Shabbos, we made a family effort to try to control the crumb situation. This is much better to concentrate. If you can have a tumult about something, this is better than elections, better than, you know, this is, uh, especially it's a school of Farashiris or lack thereof. It's literally impossible. Okay, so that, uh, I didn't ask him, I guess he'll email me tomorrow how many children there are under the age of three here. But um, they do constantly have these physics experiments with the testing of the gravity, as we mentioned off the high chairs, the crumbs are all over the place, under each seat, etc. If it's not stepped on due to walking, rather because under the table is less of a problem. So the good news is, not only less of a problem, it's no problem. No one's walking under the table. If it's the edge of the table and you walk by, it's, yeah, if they put their feet down, it's a problem, but I assume he meant under the table, like the kids take it and hide under the table and put it in the middle there. I've seen that done. Yeah, so the further in they put it, yeah, depending how tall you are. And uh, so that could be an issue, but the right they're stepping on it. It's not a din and under a table per se. If my toddlers do it, uh, does age matter at all? So nice try, but it's not a din. They're not hiving anything because they're toddlers and they're supposed to be testing gravity. And that's such fine uh, exploration of the world. It's when the adults see it afterwards and leave it there and then people step on it. The kids are not high for bizarre, not high for any of theirs. With that said, as I mentioned, when Avrami asked, uh, he goes on in the email, I'll leave out the rest, to say it's causing slight, mild anxiety and a bit of a tumult in the house. <laughs> so that's an important line because I will point out something which I think will help everyone. Uh, I once mentioned, I think in the Shear on Sanhedrin, we had Sunday morning about seven years ago, eight years ago. First we learned, I think, the second parak, and then... We had the eighth, and the, the second parak was about Dine Kain Gadol, Dine Melch, and all sorts of other fascinating things. And one of the things mentioned is what they do sit on and don't sit on for COVID when Leilenu, he's in Avelis, and they talked about an Arsa de Gada. Arsa de Gada, Gamar didn't know what it was. Gamar says, What is an Arsa de Gada? And Gamar says, It's a chair that's there for good luck, as in God, as in Bagad. And Rashi explains, It's a chair they had for, well, good luck, which needs Hesber because. That chair we had last year or two years ago here at Night Seder. And you can't have, it sounds like Kishuf, can't have chairs for good luck. It sounds like it's a minig in houses, and then Rashi quotes it and Mark quotes it without comment, or is there any problem? And Farsham explained that that was for somebody who can afford it, you don't have to be a Gavir, but they had one extra small piece of furniture, one extra chair to show a little Rafchis. And a little Rafchis is good. Wasting money is not. It's about tashchis. That puts pressure on people trying to make the money. And living high is not good for your midas and your avodas Hashem. With all that said, pinching every penny and getting all uptight about everything is not good for a school of Farashiris. It's the opposite direction. So this Ars Ligada was a chair, not that it was a good luck chair, 
as in there was some spooky thing sitting on top of the chair. It was the fact that we had an extra chair. That's the chair we don't sit on because we can afford to have a chair we don't sit on, which I've used in many different Shalom Bayes, uh, Shirem and the like, that they're saving money, there's being frugal, and as the Chabas Chaim said, money is learning as opposed to the American, time is money, and his comment to his daughter who got some leather-bound sitter from her husband, or husband, whatever it was, who was learning a lot. And the Chavaz Chaim was very obsessed, like he said, it's like binding a sitter in Dape Gemara. So she said, why is that? He says, but it takes time to make that money, and you could be learning then. That was a leather-bound sitter. Today, that's not even, that's below our level of Bechira, let's call it that. <laughs> that's already, it's already a good expenditure. So, this Arsatayada shows you you gotta not be too medoctic. So I think it's a little bit counterintuitive if we end up having to be too nervous about the crumbs, which are kashalanias, meaning a nice way of saying not a schooler for Ashiras. And we get so bent out of shape, we're worried about it, and it causes anxiety. That's the opposite of any schooler for Panosa, the whole. I think it's supposed to be a little bit feeling of rafchus. So my answer to the two questionnaires, and they're just representing the rest of Klai Israel, is look around. If you see piles of crumbs and things like that, pick it up. But you don't have to spend the whole suit just sweeping and looking around. Because the kashalani is scary, which is why people are focused on it. But if you're nervous about it, that itself is not a schooler for panasa. And a little yeshiva das and rafchus is the best schooler for everything at the end of the day. So I'm sure I'm going to get a lot of commentary on that, but that's my Lima uh, Chus and the Yishuv and the Minig. And I think that um, I, I, from what I've noticed of kids throwing things overboard, it's not the crumbs. I'm worried about the major chatichas like the pancakes and the sandwiches and things like that. The crumbs they don't bother with. But I guess not in every house. And uh, you do your best. Okay, let's go back to Esau. We were developing the theme, which the Ramban mentions, and this Medrash is more than mentioning, that the Xerus HaKosov, per the Ramban, and we don't know for sure whether the is chalik, is that you can use barzel iron, for the fashioning of the Zbech, or touching the Zbech afterwards, or any of the Avonim therein, and you have to replace the oven if it touches it, and why the focus on barzel, because barzel is used for weapons, ah, but you can use other things, this is the most prevalent use. But there's something else besides this going on, and that is the fact that Esau is represented, the Sarshal Esau and all the Tumas Esau is represented by barzel, because that's his Kliya, and we were on page 10, if you go four lines down on page 10, first part of his Medrash is that Kosh Baruch Hu is not going to take any uh, Nadavas and any good gestures from Esav, and that translates in the direction to the Melech HaMashiach, not to take any gifts and donors and peace offerings at the end of days from Esav, which is huge, especially since the commanding chief officer of Esav, who will be the chief officer of Esav throughout the world for at least another couple of months, maybe longer, but I'm not commenting on that, unlikely, but Things have been strange. But Aladavrahu, Akara Sataev, did favors for the Eden, did favors for things going on in Israel, tried to help out. And there were many who I think went a little bit overboard, Lashem Shamayim, and saying that uh, it's very important that that be a Hemshech. We'd prefer it stay with the support of Israel, but 
keep in mind, Leib Melachim Biyad Hashem, and the Bechira becomes not even on their toothpaste, as I mentioned. And whoever's in office will be Leib Melachim Biyad Hashem. The notion that Esav, which is basically America, Europe, the Western world, that Esav is going to be the one facilitating and leading into the Tkufus HaMashiach, they will do that not because of their choosing. They'll do that because HaKosh Baruch Hu will cause, they happen to be running the world of what goes on in war and peace. And despite what they're trying to do at such time that it's supposed to happen, it will happen and they'll be involved. But it won't necessarily be their involvement in terms of their wanting to be the one bringing this peace treaty, bringing this gift, bringing this Nadava connecting to the Melech Mashiach. How do I know that? Because that's what the Medrash said last night, and that's what it's about to say even more beferish now. So I think that's an uh, important balance for the picture over here. Have a curse, I'll tell you where it's warranted. There is a nicer side of Esav and a very not nice side of Esav, which we've experienced over the last couple thousand years. But Lamaisa, they're not going to be the nation, even though they're the ones who really have the power in the world at the moment. They're not going to be the nation who's going to get in good with the Mashiach and be the ones to be able to say, yes, we're bringing the gift and it's us and we should be rewarded. And we'll let the Medjur speak for itself. Take a look, four lines down. And I think it's a very, uh, very no gay in the context of what goes on today. We got Shakol, first one line. Shakol Umas Asidim Lahavi Darun Lamelech Mashiach. All the Umas are going to want to get in good and want to be on the side of the Melech Mashiach, obviously, when they find out that he's in control, meaning Kosh Baruch Hu sent him to be in control. Mitzrayim Eviatchilam. The first nation is going to bring is Mitzrayim. Kasavish Leikabmem. The Mitzrayim are going to think that he's certainly not going to be Makab. Page 10. You got it? You have it on uh, Zoom here? Page 10. If you don't know what I'm reading, raise your hands right away. Okay, got it? Meviat Chila, first of all. They think it's not going to work. They're going to try because you want to be on the good side. And yet, I'm like Kosh Baruch Hu. Kosh Baruch Hu will tell the Melech HaMashiach, Achsanya Nasu Labanai B'Mitzrayim. Coming up in a few parishes. Lamaisa. They were hungry. Pyro told Yosef, for self-serving purposes, bring them down. What's he want to bring him down? He saw what Yosef did. Can you imagine what the rest of the family is going to do for them? And he was right. Yaakov Vina walks in. He's going to stop the famine. The Nile's going to come up. And he's going to pyre bracha. It's going to be gavaldic. But Lamaisa, they were our hosts. Afterwards, a generation later, it turned really sour. And we're not condoning what they did afterwards, but they do get schar for that. And apparently, that gets them in. San Yanasa, Banu Mitzrayim, Shanamar, Yasayu. Hashman and Mini Mitzrayim Kush Taritz Yadav Leilukim. I'm going to dash in the rest of Pasuk Menenah Kush Miyad Makapa Mehem. So the Melech Mashiach is instructed to take the gift from Mitzrayim and let them in. Nasa Kush Kavachemer. The choice of nations over here. Also, I, we're all very curious to find out. We, we want the Mashiach and we want the Gula for more obvious reasons. But this, how this plays out, it's going to be interesting. Who exactly is Kush? Mitzrayim of all the nations. Egypt is a major regional player, but you wouldn't think of those lining up. So maybe the major is just listing those who think they're not going to get in because of the atrocities they did. Kamash Malan, they were Achsanya, so they do get in. Kush, you would think we haven't had a whole lot to do with. I shudder to think of the Pshat you're all thinking of that might be Pshat over here. Um, but Hala Deverhu, Kush, out of the 70 nations, of people who have to do with Kush should be the next. I'll let you 
Even though they're Meshabi Klai Yisrael, Al-Khamashiach was instructed by Kosh Baruch to accept them. We never officially did the atrocities and the torture and the murder that Mitzrayim did as a nation. So, of course, they didn't. Why would they be a Havmi? They shouldn't be let in. Well, I'll let you. Uh, Maybe figure that out. For forty, for eighty years. It's an interesting medrash. He was king. He was emperor for um, eighty years there. Something on the screen over here. For eighty years, and then he left. I didn't have much to do with Klai Yisrael. I just like our left field, Kush. I wouldn't know anything about Kush, but. Just an interesting uh, in the context of things. Uh, we've had representatives from this uh, great nation who will be accepted by the Mashiach not that long ago here and maybe now again. Pretty powerful people. Mixture of Esav. It was Tyra in that at the time. Mashiach from Tervadas. What? Uh, I'm not going to say anything more. We'll go on now. Miyad, Kush towards Yadur Lelakim. Miyad, Kush gets in, Mitzrayim gets in. This is, uh, it takes you know, a couple thousand years to figure out all these Midrashim. Miyad, Kol Hamalchias. Next page, Shemus. And now everybody lines up. They said, Moo, Mitzrayim got in. A Chiddush, they tortured Kleisel. Kush got in. Why that's a Chiddush again? Something to think about. So everybody lines up. Shemus, Vemavish, and Amar Malchus, Arashiv Lelakim. This can be quite a scene. So everybody's lining up. They want to get in good with the Melech HaMashiach and they want to hold on to our tzitzis and they want to join. They want to survive. Gagamagag. After Gagamagag, they want to just survive and live and be part of the action. Vachakach. And last but not least, so now we have all the nations we deal with. Esav is now, come out everybody or half the world. Call it the Western world. America, Europe, Australia, New Zealand. Vachakach. South America. It's all the, the whole Americas was settled by Esav. So that's pretty uh, pretty large amount of people. So now Edom is waiting, waiting, waiting. Why are they coming last? They're probably the most scared, and rightfully so. They did the most damage. So they're looking and trying to figure out how this is going to work, and then they say, Gavaldik, if these guys got in, Mitzrayim and Kush, certainly we have Yichus, Patexia Belaz. They're not even related. Doesn't talk about Yishmael over here, interestingly enough. So the Melch Mashiach was told to let them in, accept their peace offering, and they're not even related. We're brothers. This is a very packed medrash, if you could use such a Lushan. Uh, there are Muslim over here. Gar chayes kana, shakula chayem and akana. Gar means scream at them, do not let them in. They cannot claim they have this connection and do not accept the gifts from them. Take a look at the parish on the bottom. I bracketed it about six lines down. Shakula chayem and akana. What does that mean? Shakem b'shash and also shlomo is bas paro. Also, so again, Sanhedrin. When Shlomo married Bas Parah, which was L'shem Shemayim, to bring the Shreyer and to bring everybody Tachas Omochu Shemayim, the Maisa 
big mistake, and she brought up Vodazars in the suitcase and uh, had a plan from the beginning to ruin things. Yared Gavriel Vanaz Kana Bayam. The time, Shalmama married Basheva, Basparo, Wahabdul. This is my theory, but uh, I'm probably not the only one that says this. You look at the continent and the map, so Italy sticks out like a sore thumb or like a boot. So, according to this, Gemara fits in very well. The coast is pretty even, but Gavriel came and put a stick. And at that early stage of Shlomo Melech and Basparo, it started growing sand around it and growing more and more and became a sand block and then a land mass. And then it grew and grew and it became Rome, which is what it says. This represents the fact that Rome, Esau, is the Markara Tuma. And as, as the Gemara says, when Esau is up, if they tell you Rome is built, Yushalayim is down, Yushalayim is built, Rome is down. The two can't coexist completely, and that's what it brings out over here. Now it's kind of a Yav Alaba Sirtan, third of Alav Nivna Krach Gadol Sharemi. And second, Makar, Isaiah, still in the footnote, Sheikhness Yerav Mishneh Egle Zav, shows the original damage of the Averas were the beginning of the rotting of the foundation of the base of to be destroyed by the growing landmass and city and empire of Esav. Until then, Esav was just Tarsayer and a bunch of nomadic tribes and not really much. And it took a while to grow and it took a while for the decay to set in in Klyosol, unfortunately. Then we had this landmass, the boot, the country of Italy, future country, and then they started building houses. Srifecha means one hut. And that was the nucleus of the city. Why is it called? Yeah, that is interesting. Right? That's why is it, uh, what? Why is it pick, um, but it means the, uh, means Rome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is what the marshal was usually being up and down with Rome. Representing the Averis and it growing and not being Tikkun and Chuva and Klaisal enough to avoid the growth of Rome and the destruction of the Besamitish. And the second Besamitish was worse because the Gullus is worse from it. So you see that it was more final. Until the Gula, Vain Laham Kim Baylam Elabesh Yisrael, Night Nafulim, Shiakumi Yisrael, Be Kafra Lahem Avanasam, when we get a Kapara, we get a Tikkun, Shuv, Ain Laila Chaim at the Kumba Baylam, which means that lust of love, and we have a Tikkun, and they come and they say, Okay, now we want to get in good, and we're brothers, and, you know, sorry about that, but we really want to get along. We won't let them in, which is a Pella because the people we're closest, we feel closest to now are the host country. Mitzrayim got in because they hosted us for a short period and then tortured us. America, if you figure out the years, hosted us now longer in relative peace and tranquility than Mitzrayim did. Right? I mean, not huge numbers until more recently, but Mitzrayim only had a generation and a half. And they got in because the original Achsanya and Asa's a brother, so he has a good kavachaymer. They should certainly let me in. So Hashem says first, tells the Mashiach, scream at them and give them Musr, because they're bain hakanim, which means they caused that kana that nods Gavriel, and they were built on your downfall. And then, next one, go back up top for a minute. Tavachai You should distance and scream at the chaya that's dar ben hakanim in the swamps. That is a chazir. Esav always, always nimshal to the Chazir. Shenemar, Yechar Semenah, Chazemiyar. 
And Esav has always been claiming they're the real Jews. They show their split hoofs, their one simon to trick everybody into thinking they're the real deal. And they're not. Many Mishalom to the Chazir. Adas Avir Begle Amim. Also, very telling, the Roman Empire was built like all empires, but they were the biggest, the strongest, and the longest by eating up all the other nations and taking over their uh, people and their supplies and uh, basically uh, sucking everything dry for their own exploitation of their, uh, their resources, their labor. They're the ones who destroyed all the other things around them, Jews and Goyim, and took over, and then they claimed they're so firm and righteous, and they have Yichus, and they're from Avram Yitzhak and Yankov. So the message to the Melchim Mashiach is nothing doing, you're not coming, which is a Pella, because that most of the civilized world picture the uh, Mashiach comes, and as Rab Chaim described, uh, it's going to come, he's explaining the Gemara, that comes to Hesachadas. Hesachadas means we're going to be caught off guard. So they see money before the Mashiach, and there could be Muhammad's that can last 12 minutes, 12 seconds, and we don't know what. And it's Simana, but they can be Simana. But when it actually happens, the way Rabbi Chaim used to describe it, he said he was uh, you know, walking to Yeshiva, he was in Yeshiva, and then uh, all of a sudden there's a whole tumult, and uh, the Rebbe goes out, and she leaves the eggs burning on the thing, and all of a sudden she smells, what's that smell? We left the thing inside, and everybody's going out to the street. They hear them out like, like a regular morning, and uh, we're caught by surprise. Well, then picture, all of a sudden, the news is going to start reporting this, and all the major outlets, it's all from Mesov, you know, the American outlets, and the, uh, the UN, and the... Uh, what? So that's the thing. They're going to want to talk. They're going to want to say, that per the Gemara of Azar, we built all the highways, and we treated the Jews so nicely, and we gave the foreign aid bill, well, all which is true. And you would think, based on this Medrash, if the Mitzrayim got their way, they would get their way. Medrash says not so. So I don't know, I claim to say we know exactly what this means, but hello, Dabrahu. Again, Esav is Nimshal. The iron is Esav, and that's why we cover it when we bench. So that is the Dabr Soy that the Ramban Lacher was referring to. Very fascinating. Uh, the second part of the email, just to go back to one more item from last week, and then a message from next week, we're going to go back to the Gemara we started about the hanging loaves and the hanging matzahs. So... Eliezer Cohen was asking about the cracks behind. It's always very nice to see that none of the comments we make, even for two minutes with the questions we have, are, go unnoticed. So we're talking about the sidewalks with the concrete and the little cracks in between. So I mentioned the shy look. Can you sweep up on your steps? If there are tiny little cracks, there might be some earth there. And to keep in mind that the dirt... If you lift it up at a place, the shayla of binyan, when it's not in an area that you're farming, that you're growing things, and, and an issue of harisha, the Ramam holds the shayla of anisa daraisa, the Ramam says, but it's an iser. So much so, they made a not to sweep in an area, even in your floors, most floors were dirt floors, even if you have tiles, you're wealthy enough to have that, but most of the people in the city or a significant amount have dirt floors, you can't sweep, it's a low plume. So now, part of the deal of it is, how would you don your steps? Well, you all have steps here going out, and they all have stone with these little cracks in between. On the one hand, everybody has steps that are not dirt. They're stone or wood, whatever the case may be. Do we have to reckon with that tiny part in between? Do we say, no, sweep the stones? And the fact you happen to bump into some dirt, you're clearly, it's you're not trying to, it's not harisha, it's binyan, because it's not an area, even though the little blades of grass going out, but 
clearly davar shen b'skaven, not a psikration necessarily, and a psikration l'ichbaslay. So he said, it's interesting, he saw an article that was printed in Eretz Yisrael, there's something out, um, sounds like a weekly dafan halacha, and it's like a very well-written article, about a similar shayla. I'll discuss the chilek in a minute, but I'll just bring up, because this is no gay. He actually has pictures in the articles about laying down tiles and bricks on the floor. And Eretz Yisrael, like in America, where they're doing a new picture, a new promenade, they're building a building, every building in Eretz Yisrael, Shalim is built of Jerusalem stone. And when you go out, they're laying bricks and you walk out on the thing. In between, you also have these little spaces like you're doing a sidewalk. But he said he spoke to builders and many of them said, some of them denied it. They said, when we finish our work, it's done. We don't need anybody to help us out. But a significant amount of them said that despite all our machinery, they have these steamrollers and they put down the earth and they smooth it out and then they put down the bricks and then they press it down. It's heavy machinery. After all that, they have around 10 days where they now take off the ribbons and open up to the public, and they actually want the people to walk on the walkway, that's the walkway it's for, to be able to walk on it and press it down. I hate to call on our engineers twice. You just got here, we've got to give you a little vacation. But they say they come back 10 days later to sweep away the rest of the stuff that wasn't settled. So that creates a big question, which is a four-page tickle terrier over here. Is there a head to walk on that? Do we have to put the ribbon back and say, no, 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 guys, Sunday, not on Shabbos. Mamish could be makabapatish. Binyin, you're pressing it down. You're kicking away any dirt that's not supposed to be there. You're pressing it down, maybe pressing it down. And the whole tumult over here, he brings from any peskim, or Shlomo Zalman, or Nisan Karolitz, and others who say that you're trying to walk it's not only a Dabashan and Beskavin, it's Laikhpaslay because they probably finished most of the job and you're not trying to fix it and it looks fine to you. That's a problem. If the builders put it down, even if you don't know, but this is the way it's done, can you say Laikhpaslay if you live there, you're not on somebody else's block? That's part of the debate over here. Also, if it becomes a beaten path, so then therefore it's, it's a lot more. Yeah, yeah, we want it to settle. Sure, sure, we want it. We want to knock out all the nooks and crannies. And we want to, <laughs> that's exactly the builder. Half the builder said, no, 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 we steamrolled. We're finished with everything. We don't need them. They cannot walk here. It's going to sell it anyway. And he said he had a machlekes and the engineers and the builders, uh, whether it was the tailors, but enough of them said it was. So many pets are going to make them. They say, Alpha Pecan, you have no kavana, you know what's going on. It's not that it's a Dovashem Miskavim situation. It was like, you're just walking. It's not even a tsurus amalacha. Shalom Azam is a very famous example. When you walk across grass here in Muncie, and it's a sunny day. You're walking across the grass on Shabbos, and you walked over here, and now you threw a shadow. Now, you know the din by plants, that if the shade's down, and you have plants on the windowsill, you can't open up the shade, because it had a shadow. Now, now you're up in the shade, and the sun's now going to go, and you're helping it grow. So if you're walking across, somebody says, hey, Chaim, it's Shabbos, don't move. Because if you move now, you're going to take where the shade is, and now it's going to be sunlight. So... It's not the, it's obviously mutter. It's not pshat, it's mutter, but it's a tough shem, it's kavit. Shalom Zalman said, that's called walking. That has no tzuras of malacha whatsoever. And you have to know in each thing, when do we say you have to come out to the shem, it's kavit, and figure out is that psikresha, is it not, is it nichalay or not? Or we just say it doesn't even come into a shadow, it's walking. Over here, there's quite a debate whether this is mutter. The debate goes back hundreds of years when I found interesting, nothing is a coincidence. The earliest achron he quoted for this shayla is none other than Rav Shimon Seifer, this Eretz Tshuva. Now, how often, twice in two weeks, we quote Rav Shimon Seifer, not that long ago, again, he was killed by the Nazis, but he, he was a major place in Hungary, 
now, 100 years ago now. And he is from the Eisrin, and he's not alone. Rav Azriel Arbach, Rosh Hashanah's son. Yibadah Mechaim Mechaim says that if it's right near your house, maybe you should avoid it because it's Nichalei. And they ask him, Rav Hashanah's where he talks about even if you knew about it, it's not one particular step. It's your step, his step, his step, his step. So they ask the Kasha, a famous Rivosh. The Rivosh wants to know, everybody wants to know, why is it also to comb your hair? So you might pull out a hair. It's not a psikratia. So they say, yes, it is. The Rivosh says, the reason it is, is because it's not a psikratia on each stroke, but combing your hair takes the average guy eight strokes. Over eight strokes, you're going to pull out hair. So we combine the entire mice, even though each stroke is separate. So, when do you say that? When do you not say it? But the reverse says it about, to explain why combing the hair is a problem. It's not the only shot in the Gemara. So, over here as well, if you're walking, walking, you're walking, he's walking, he's walking, it's not going to be Daraisa, but is that mutter? The shot that we had is sweeping in between. I think it might be different because over here, you don't need people to sweep. Your walkway is done 10 years ago. Your wife is sweeping the walkway because the kids dropped all their wrappers on it. She's not interested necessarily in, in getting the dust between the things. There might be dirt between the things. Shaila is, is it a psikratia? And if it is, is it a which still long the Or do we say it's not a psikratia? And you could sweep, it's no xerid al because all the people who sweep are sweeping stone. And brick, just as that might be a tiny amount of residue, do we have to be chayshish for that? That's the shaila. It is a serious shaila, in some ways more serious than the shaila of walking on the bricks when it's settling in. But it's interesting that they, uh, just last week, they had a whole uh, shtickle terror about that. Okay, just to introduce uh, for 10 seconds, uh, Mitzvah Shema Monday, we'll go back to the set, for those of you on Zoom, the Psachim, Parakasiri, Kufyur, Aleph, Amin Beis, will be page one. We saw the first two lines of the Gemara, we're going to go back to it, where the Gemara says that the school of Frapanasa, Lakhtarov, by bread, trying to collect all the bread in Yanam of Bizayan and schoolers, is not to hang bread either in the basket or by a string. We'll go back to that and see where it comes up in Minhagi Yisrael and had a friend for the Minhagim. Also, a lot of Nigla and a lot of Nister at the same time. And Mitzvah Shem will see that on Monday.